0: What's up coaches? This is the final week uh, that we'll be doing two episodes a week. So starting next week, we'll go back to just one episode. It'll be every Monday during the season, uh, but you will still get all the episodes uh, that you can handle. One episode every week, every Monday, you guys will be more busy. We'll obviously be a lot more busy as well. uh, So we'll cut that back down to one episode. Uh, Our premium will still be going. We'll still be updating every month to all five of our series, Um, you know, sporadically with all of those, but uh install will be updated every month so you'll still get all the football you guys can handle uh, but our episodes will go back down to one a week so we want to thank you guys for an unbelievable offseason uh anything you guys need hit us up at coach at runthepowercom uh you can send that's our that's our email hit us up there go to runthepower.com and and leave some a message or watch all of our stuff or just hit us up on twitter but thank you guys for making this a an unbelievable off season and we are really looking forward just like you guys are to football season this episode of the podcast is brought to you by vices vices football helmets are different than other helmets on the market their design reduces the impact Forces by yielding in a collision similar to a car bumper. Concept so unique that the helmet was named one of Time Magazine's Top 25 Inventions of 2017. The Zero-One is the top-performing helmet for the third year in a row in the NFL NFL Player Association testing, and the Zero-One is the highest-rated five-star helmet under five pounds in the Virginia Tech Star Helmet Ratings. For younger athletes, Vices recently launched the Zero-One Youth, the highest-rated youth football helmet ever tested by Virginia Tech. The Zero 01 Youth was specifically designed for the speed impact scene at the youth level. Protect your athletes with the top performing helmet in the game. For more information on Vices technology or to request team pricing or financing options, visit vices.com on the web, which is V I C I S.com. Vices, protect the athlete, elevate the game. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital risk coaches. Trusted at practice by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so they can stay up-tempo all practice without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. It's compatible compatible with all major play drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, Go route teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily, right? It's just basically a, a risk coach that you put on that's uh, electronic and you get to upload it all. You send it out to the kids uh, automatically. It's great for playing against an up-tempo offense uh, or if you're an up-tempo offense and you need to see some looks by defense, uh, it's it's incredible for that. saves you a lot of time, a lot of headache, and it gets the kids to go in the right spot. If you value practice time and want the best uh, preparation, then you need to go no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at GoRoute.com, which is gorou com You can email them at sales at GoRoute.com or just give them a call at 866-777-1448. And lastly, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Got linemen? Cap them during practice with Guardian Cap helmet covers. These caps reduce up to 33% of the impact and are great for the repetitive subconcussive blows that add up through the season for your linemen. Clemson, Oklahoma, Texas and 100 plus more colleges are using them. So why not get them for your guys? They're currently running their summer promo, uh, Guardian caps is 22 caps for just $950 plus free shipping. Uh, so uh, an unbelievable deal, and it's great to get it to you before uh, football season starts. Uh, go to GuardianCaps.com, uh, again, for the 22 caps for $950 and free shipping. GuardianCaps.com for a quote. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Daquan Nixon. Coach Nixon is the OC at Rosa Fort High School in Tunica, Mississippi. Listen as we talk with Coach Nixon about his journey into coaching despite never playing high school football, how he has learned the game in a very for, very short time, and how he has set up his offense to call plays as a very young offensive coordinator. You can follow Coach Nixon on Twitter at OG underscore Waterboy. Hope you guys enjoy. <laughs>
1: Coach Nixon. I'm from Tunica, Mississippi. My journey. Well, I'm only 23, so my journey will probably be a little shorter. But it's way different than how most coaches have their, you know, their journey. Uh, most coaches play ball or did something like that. I've never played football a day for my life. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you look at my Twitter, handle, <laughs> yeah. So if you look at my Twitter handle, you'll see my name, like OG Waterboy. And that's from like my high school days, and I just kept on with it. Yeah, but I'm from um, I'm from Tunica, Mississippi. And I didn't, get, I didn't get involved with football until my sophomore year of school. And um, it was going to the summer of my freshman year. So a guy named Tyrone said, You know what, Coach Norwood, which our head coach at the time at Rose Four, which I coach at now, he was like, You know, we're doing this community service thing. Um, we need some help out there. Come ask Coach, can you be the water boy? So I go up there, you know, Coach Norwood, you know, you, know you had those high school football coaches that's tough nose, then don't talk a lot. I'm like, oh, Lord, I really don't want to ask. You. So I get to the bus. i like, I want to be the water boy. He scratched his nose a couple times. and like, sit down. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm like, cool. So I go and do it. And uh, Coach NoWoods took a liking to me. So I get on the bus for him to take us back home. And then he was like, you better show up tomorrow. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> so I so I came every, I came every day um, during the summer. I came every day for the next three years. And I, I stuck around football. Um, my cousin was the quarterback, was the back quarterback. He ended up starting his senior year. And what made me want to be a coach was he had come off the field when he did something bad. And you know how a quarterback throws a bad balls or throws interception. You never want to go to the coach. So he come to me as a water boy. And, you know, i would watched football. And, I, you know, I was a, a nerd to it. So he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, man, this cover two, and you're throwing in the flats. they sitting right there. So I'm like, you need to, you know, throw it to this guy, throw it to that guy. Then he goes out there and actually do it and succeed. I'm like, yeah, I did that. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you got hooked there.
1: Yeah, so I did that. But I was telling people when it happened, I was like, man, you know, I want to be a coach, and you know? yada, yada, yada. And, you know, the, the other guys on the team, like, you can't be a coach. Nobody listening to you. you never played football before. You're going to tell somebody how to tackle. you never talking about it or you how to get hit. You never got hit, so that kind of was discouraging. So, I didn't play football, so they tell you I didn't get no college scholarship. So, I ended up going to well, in the part of being a water boy. So, and I'm living – I'm in Mississippi, so I hit up Mississippi State, Old Miss, Southern Miss, Memphis, Arkansas, all trying to get like a waterboard position or something to get close to football. Nobody returned my call, (laughs) Hmm. and um, so I ended up going to Delta State. And, um, with and then my first time I went there my summer because you know I was I had like three. 3.8 3.8 GBA kind of kid in high school. So, I go to Delta State. It's an hour away from Tunica. And uh, when I do it, when I did it, soon my first day there, I got an email. You know one of those mass emails they sent out to a student? They was like, oh, we need student managers. I'm like, cool. I text them back in like at least 2.5 seconds. I mean, email them back in like <laughs> 2.5 right. seconds. Like, yeah, i do it. I came over there and there were four of us. And it was different because I, I wasn't a water button. I wasn't just handing out water and, you know, talking to the team all the time. I was doing like hard work. I was like getting, washing clothes and getting film together and and all of that. But I took that opportunity with Coach Cooley there at Delta State. And I was watching. I, I was sneaking and watching film. And I'm pretty sure they didn't care. But I was sneaking and watching film, looking at different stuff. I was putting my ear in on the player meetings. I asked Cooler, "So could I sit in on a, on a quarterback meeting, and man, it just changed my life. I was I was just looking at all this stuff, but um, yeah. So I that, and with that being said, Coach Norwood in high school and Coach Coolin' in college, those are the two greatest guys, greatest men I've ever met in my life. They did so much for me and taught me more about. So I'm talking, man, I'm go out here and see some guys get hit. Then I go out there, we tell we talking about family, we talking about leadership, and we talking about. Standing up for your brother, getting your class, your teammates come to practice, keeping good grades and everything, man. I was like, "Wow, these, these are great guys." <laughs> and man, I did that, and then I get out of school. I get out of school and I go to teach. I, I go to teach, and I was a teacher assistant. wasn't making much stand with my mom. And then I, one summer, once I and when the summer came, I had got my final. Had got my teaching endorsement, my teaching like You know, you can't coach if you don't teach. So. I ended up getting my teaching license. Next thing you know, I was the offense. Then I was Coach Jackson, who's there at Rose Ford. Like I came from Rose Ford and I went back home. And I was like, man, I know they ain't gonna let it. they not gonna hire me. I don't got no type of playing experience, no type of coaching experience. Like they ain't gonna so I asked them, and I was like, man, I get these res- I get a reference from Coach Cooley and I can do these resumes. He's like, man, I don't need none of that. Come coach. I'm like, yo, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I I go in there, and it was high school. It was varsity. It wasn't wasn't middle school. It wasn't JV. I was the varsity, you know, offensive line coach. And, man, I dug in, grabbed all the resources I could, and I just started coaching the kids from day one. I sit through my whole – I'm 22 years old, and I'm an offensive line coach going over protections and going through run schemes and all of that. I'm just – my head is under the water, you know what I'm saying, just trying to dig it out. And I go through – we go through the season with a bunch of kids. And next thing you know, all my offensive linemen, either first team or second team in district, I felt proud. And things happened. My, coming into my second year, and Coach Jackson calls me, and he was like, tell me what's your offensive philosophy. And I, I can remember it because it was one of the most nervous moments. I'm like, why is he asking me about this? I'm like, I just want to attack every position on the field at any given moment. And then once he said that, you know, he's like, I think about making you the offensive coordinator i like, for real? Like, yeah, I do it. So he sit there and I'm like, okay, you're the offense coordinator. That's he did. That was the, the conversation. And um, <laughs> he was like, you're the offense coordinator. Because the offense coordinator was there the year before when I was line coach, had left a good word for him. So uh, when I when it got to that point, I sat back. And, you know, we well, was at a basketball game when he asked me. So when I left the basketball game, I got in my car crying like a dog. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> cried because I was like, man, for people to tell me that nobody would listen to me, that nobody – Thought they a water boy, that never played football. Dave, I never put on a helmet before in my life, and uh, they become an offensive coordinator at my old high school, which is four A, so it's mid level football in Mississippi. And man, I, it was like dreams do come true. But that's my story of how I got to become an offensive coordinator. There's a lot of in betweens, now. that's how I got to become an offensive coordinator.
0: Well, Coach, I'm sure as 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 you started deciding, hey, I'm going to be a football coach, uh, I'm sure you've you've kind of looked up and and. Found a, a few different guys that, uh, and I just know maybe one off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's, there's plenty, and, and you've probably done more research on it maybe than I have, but uh, there's plenty of, of football coaches now that, that have gone through it that did, weren't football players. Um, I, I don't know how far Leach went. I don't know if he was a, a high school player or not, but I know he definitely wasn't, um, I don't believe, a college football player, and, and is thought to be one of the top um, you know, offensive coordinators in the nation, obviously. So is that something that uh, you try to – did you try to draw from finding other coaches that didn't play? Or is it something that you were like, it really doesn't matter anyways. I know what I'm going to be, and, and that's what I'm going to go do.
1: Right. But I probably I, I, I looked at my league. I know he's a lawyer, and I'm an air raid guy. Well, at air raid juniors because <laughs> I'm <laughs> <bug>. <laughs> but I'm an air raid guy, so I know Mike Leach was uh, went to be a lawyer and all. that with how a moment about Austin, because we played about Austin at Delta State, they're in the GSC also, so I know about Austin. Uh, yeah, I looked at people like Bill Belichick, who didn't play much past you know, high school and things like that, because that's what I was telling kids. I was like, I'm going to be the next Bill Belichick. You're not going to be nothing. <laughs> so those were, <laughs> those were the conversations, and that, that just what led me. I knew it was people out there that didn't play, didn't, didn't technically play ball, but you know, it's a long shot when you don't play, play because then you don't have credentials like
0: other people. Right, you don't have some of those football credentials, but uh, like you said, you get you kind of uh, you can get into the coaching aspect of football way earlier than than a lot of the players. You know, I, I know a lot of guys that, uh, like you said, they they go in their managers in in college, and that's kind of their end. And and I know they had to work their ass off and a lot of non-football stuff, but. Like you said, you get to sneak into meetings every once in a while. They'll let you go uh, sneak in and watch some film. And so well, all these other guys are thinking about, you know, playing football or, or maybe they're not even getting much better at football. They're just using their gifts to be good at football. You you know, you're getting kind of a jump start on all these football players because uh, you're learning the coaching aspect of it uh, four years before they do.
1: Right, so like they getting in there and they go through and they come in with their no Some of them not paying attention anyway. You know, it's, it's college. Not all time people pay attention. I don't, I don't want to get that missing through. Like college players, so locked in. Uh, they're not. So that's right. Uh, no. <laughs> so they're not locked in. But I was in there. I'm. 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 I'm eyes glued to the to the the TV, the projector, or whatever. Like I'm soaking the information what the coach is saying about feet, about movement, about every little thing. That's when that. I noticed the difference between high school and college. College folks is more on like every little nuance, do this and do that. And you know, high school, you don't need to do all that, <laughs> so.
2: What are, what are some things, I guess, you know, when you, you, you kind of start off on the, you know, learning progression or whatever, what were some of the, like the first things that you were drawn to? Were you like drawn more to like the scheme and the technique or fundamentals, or were maybe you drawn more to like kind of the organization? How do I run a practice? You know, how do I manage a team? What what were some of the things you kind of were immediately like drawn to about the game?
1: It was definitely a scheme. I, I, I can tell you that it was definitely a scheme because we, it went through a transition that rolls forward from we were being heavy, run the ball, we're going to pound it in your face with our linemen, so until we just got to spread, and then nobody could stop us because we fastened everybody. <laughs> so. Because I came from Roseville High School, um, but Najee McKinnon was our quarterback, who's like the middle linebacker for Houston, Texas right now. So he he was 6'5 back there quarterback, and we run it with him. You know, you got a big <laughs> 6'5 guy, you want to run it with him. But then yeah. he leaves, you know, you got to find something else. And then we end up getting Jalen Miller, who was an uh, Olympic track runner. So he got legit legit 4'2 speed. So we like, we can't pound the ball. We got him standing out there. So next thing you know, it just, it just got to be spread, and we never look back. And scheme, then I went to Depth State, and I get there, they putting up 70 points and 40 points, and nobody can stop us. We throwing the ball all down the field, and I turn the TV on. I see Mike Leach just passing yard after passing yard after passing. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's why I, I like this. So it was definitely it was definitely scheme. But then as I became a coach, I know I the scheme was was nothing compared to culture and how a team is actually built and ran. That's when the, the, the difference started to come for me.
0: Coach, I think one of the difficult parts when you're a young coach is is or can be, uh, at least speaking from my experiences, um, you know, you're roughly the same age as some of those kids you're coaching. Uh, I know when I started, it was I think 22 or 23, and and I'm coaching a bunch of 18 year old kids that, uh, while I, I've been through more experiences than them, we're still uh, probably I'm probably closer in age to them than I was my fellow coaches, um, and and. That can be uh, positive, obviously, at at a lot of times, but it can also um, have its its own challenges. Being such a close age, and and you know, even sometimes difficult, some uh, you know, to get some of that respect that that you would like to have. Just coming in as a coach when you are uh, such a close age to those kids. Uh, have you noticed any uh, you know of those trials or, or tribulations maybe that that you've had as a a young coach and, and how you've kind of worked through that in your mind. Right.
1: So when I came in, when I was like, when I came in at 22, I had kids that, and then I got to remind you that I went to the same high school that I came from. So I'm in the same community. You know how the community talks, especially about football in Mississippi. <laughs> so everybody knew that everybody, the stories got around that i never played. So, you know, I had players come back like, you never played football. What you going to tell me? So I had to change my approach from, hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. I, You know how I run my things. I had to be I had to be hard nose. I'm not talking about, you know, yelling at people. I just have to be serious because if you don't, then nobody will take you serious. So because when you come from that, that's the biggest hurdle I got for me. But then, you know, I'm on a coaching staff where I'm 20, and all my coaches, 30, 40, 50 years old, I'm the youngest guy. Mm-hmm. And even when we brought in new coaches this year, I'm still the youngest guy but I have a, a higher position, but I'm still the youngest guy, and I draw information from them. But the key is it just, it's, it's more about the community than anything and what they know about my story. That's that's what I figured out to be a little different.
2: Coach, how is it then, you know, being now an offensive coordinator and, and you are kind of dealing with some guys who are who are 10, 15 years older than you, and, and obviously, you, you know, I don't know if if you've had to – you know, kind of run some of these meetings or run some of these installations. How has that kind of gone for you, you know, doing that for the for the first time and having to now kind of manage some of those different personalities? Right.
1: When I, I came in, like, I was basically named, you know, office coordinator, like, in January. So, all doing lifts. So, that's all we do is lifts from January to, you know, make You can't do any field work or anything. So, you just lift. So, when I was doing that, I was getting my install together and, it's a lot of different feel. You know, everybody have their their ideal scheme. Like if I'm uh, a spread guy. This other guy might be a wing T guy. The other guy might be a double wing guy, and whoever else has the power to, you know, make the decision. So a lot of times the the wing T guy can't give me any information about spread because they he doesn't know a lot about passing routes. It's the different little stuff stuff like that that I had to go through, and I didn't have any you know people to just draw on. Like, because if you're doing the air race, you got to be a pretty, I ain't a young guy, but more than like, you know what I'm saying, it's the younger crowd that, mm-hmm. that, that knows, like, throwing the ball and the different stuff like that. And it, it's just hard because I came in and I was making things too wordy. That's what I figured out my first. Because I call like, double doubles right, and I call it by console. I called, like, doubles right, um, smash, and then meals. And then I come up there and the kid's like, well, this is smash. This is meal. Which side do I take? And it, it was just too wordy, too many hand signals, and all of that. So I had to learn. Now I'm like, okay, I need to cut this down. Then I started researching, researching, research. One word call. So if I'm going to call Mesh, it's going to be called Doubles Right Mesh. Cool, go run it. So that's the, that's the stuff I had. I had to quickly learn because I have no time to waste on the learning curve on offense scoring. I can't sit back like I was as a, an O line coach.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that's really, really easy to fall into um, is getting very wordy uh, with different things. I know that's my—I'm the worst probably at that uh, <laughs> of anyone in the country. Uh, I like to have all the words in there, and so. Uh, but like you said, especially if you're wanting to run a, an, a spread offense and you're wanting to get them rolling, and you want to make it as simple uh, in a good way as possible for quarterbacks and and for everybody, uh, it, it's a lot easier to be able to cut down that verbiage and and keep the hand signals quick and fast and let your guys go play.
1: Right. But, you know, like, it's it's different because then I've learned something, too, also about high school. Like, I don't control my personnel. So, I one year, mm-hmm. like, like last year, <laughs> I come back, and we had a kid come in the playoff game. He caught 17 catches, 266 yards with five TD. And we had a guy like that on our team. It was easy as a whole line, because we're like, Oh, They're finna throw it to him anyway. We don't have to block long. We just do a quick pass. set, put our hands up there for a little bit. And ball gone. He's going up there. He's scoring touchdowns. Then I come this year, and my then I come this year and I lose four of my starting line. And now I have to say, okay, I think I messed up because these guys aren't read the ball. So now I have to develop those guys and just know that you got to give everybody a rip. You got you got to harp into everybody about learning scheme. And then coming in as a new offense coordinator, that hurts too. Because they're used to this scheme, and I come in with mine, and then we all got to learn it. A lot of times, the players, more than anybody else, are stuck in their ways. Like no, we used to call it this way, but this is what we call power now. So <laughs> you got to you got to work with that.
2: Do you do you still coach a position then? Coach as a, as an offensive coordinator, are you still coaching the offensive line too?
1: Yeah, I coach. Um, we we split ours because we have a smaller smaller group. Most of our guys are boys, so I take the quarterbacks for when it's the skill guys out there because the quarterback needs no scheme and I can work mm-hmm. with something. But I love to go out there with my offensive line because it, it, it feels like home when I'm with the linemen, and it's simpler and line, and I don't put too much on them. They, whatever whatever I call, they they good running with it, and they like my personality. So we we good. I like going out right with the old line
2: They're the easiest guys to coach, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, they really are, because it, it, it doesn't matter what you tell them, because all I tell them is you get a chance to put a guy on the ground, so rub your stomach in his face. So that, that that helps out a lot. It's just all about. I had to learn about culture, and that's that's a big thing that I like that I had with my old line when I had my first year was, and it was just how you, cause you'll see guys when you get to the goal line and they're pulling the trucks. So you know, how you the the, the the truck horn on 18 they and like I was for the power this thing. I'm like, man, these guys are together. So I wanted I wanted similar like that. I want to come right up between O line because. If everybody just out there Down the hood, nobody saying that, nobody calling them, we're not getting any better. But we got the We gonna talk. I got your back right here. We're gonna double team right here, and we're gonna push them up to the back. And and, and that's and that's a lot of what I what I tried to instill in my guys when I was out there.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the most difficult things for for my group, anyways, is the communication. And it's been for the past four or five years. Is uh, for whatever reason, I keep running into it. It's like guys, they almost don't want to communicate, and I think it's right. because. They don't want to be wrong. You know what I mean? They don't want to say whatever and that be the wrong call. Then they're getting in trouble. Um, and and I just constantly have to keep telling them, it's okay if you're wrong, but if you'll at least say something, there's two things that can happen. You know, someone smarter than you can tell you you're wrong and get <laughs> you right. Uh, or we can all be wrong uh, with you and at least everyone still gets blocked. And so uh, – but it's like you said, it's it's so important to be able to communicate and. And, man, it just seems like year after year, um, I got kids that it takes us a long time because they're um, – I don't know if it's they're afraid they're going to be wrong or they don't want to talk or they just think they're on the same wavelength, but they're not. Um, and, and trying to just show them how important it is, um, is, is 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 a huge deal for us, I'm sure, you, you know, just like you said as well, Coach. Right,
1: right. The way I had it was it was different because you know, I might have a, a quiet center, but then my, my left tackle is vocal I don't know what. So he can't holler down from the left from left tackle to center and tell, her, hey, I see you got you know, you gotta be the center can see it, but he won't open his mouth and tell everybody else. Or, you know, it is this different little stuff like that. Like I got you're gonna have a mix of personalities. And then I feel like offensive line has gotta be one of the most tight knit groups that you got have on the field. Because when you get a running back, there's only one out there. You're a quarterback, you're only one out there. Receive, y'all can be spread out all across the field. If you playing Z, you can't yell over the X. So, the line we got to be the, the most tight, and we got to have together up front. So, that's why I say yeah, I, I mix and match guys during the, during the the summers before we got into camp so I get the right position. Then well, okay, I got you. Now, you make sure you get to talk to him, and you make sure you get to talk to the guy on the end so we get everything covered from C-gap to C-gap, and that's uh, – that's how he ended up doing the coaching, we barely gave up sex
2: <laughs> um I was going to ask both of you guys that that question to me because you know if if you do have some guys coaching, you said you know uh, you have a center who's who's kind of a mute, you know and I, and I know I've had a, a couple of centers you know some of them were were super talkative, you know you couldn't shut them up, which <laughs> is awesome, you know you get kind of lucky, but then you also do have some of the guys that that maybe aren't sure about themselves as, as Coach Harper said, you know what are some things that you guys kind of do? you know, to maybe to, to force them to talk or, you know, what be it practice or games or whatever it might be. I'm always kind of interested in that, you know, fi- fixing the – what are some of the solutions to the problem? Right. So, with our inside
1: zone scheme that we're going with now, um, like we run an inside zone. So, if you have a guy – so, we're going to run the zone right. So, if you have mm-hmm. a guy to your play side gap, you will call – give me a long call. So, long, long, long. So, that makes you have to say it every time. So, if you have a guy, a guy head up to you, it's hammer. So it's hammer, hammer, hammer. You have a guy backside of you, that's a deuce block. And then if you got no guy in front, you're just going to give an empty call. So you give a long call. And instead of say, we give a five, give me a five, one, a three and a five across the front. That's read from left to right. So if the right guard, left guard gives me a long call and the center gives a deuce call, now uh, a long and a deuce becomes a double team, we push it to the back. So that's the way we communicate. So now everybody gets to say something, and now we get everything blocked up. Because I don't want you to say this and yada yada. Now, if you say long when it's supposed to be deuce, we can fix that there. You get what I'm saying? That way it it makes us communicate and it makes somebody be right. And Then you make one guy. So I made the center is the overall judge during the execution. Now, if you say long and the center say let's double team, (laughs) uh, we're just going to double team. Because you can't have all that confusion back and forth. So just make one guy to judge during the execution.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, I, you know, Walls, I don't know that I've got a great – I love that, uh, you know, what Coach Nixon does. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that I've got a great answer for it. Last year, last three years, two years, we've had a guy that he loved talking. Now, he wasn't much of a talker outside of football, uh, and he wasn't like a, a smack talker, but he loved – we put a ton of stuff on him as far as uh, mentally. Very, very smart kid. Um, you know, going to a private school to be a whatever he wants to be, thirty something ACT, really smart kid and and he enjoyed it. He enjoyed bossing everyone around and telling everyone where they were going and knowing some of the kills and checks for the quarterbacks. You know, it was it was fun for him. That was probably his favorite part of football, honestly. You know, he got after people, but uh, that's what he really really enjoyed. Uh, this year we kind of got a kid that uh, is is a mauler and he's played a lot of football, but. Uh, he probably more enjoys getting in a stance and listening, and uh, whoever tells him what to do, he's going to do that, and he's going to do it really mean. Um, but now we kind of moved him to center because we need to, um, and it's been it's been the challenge to get him to uh, be confident in himself enough that uh, he makes his calls, and he's gotten a lot better at it. One of the things is I, I try to I try to set the defense for our offensive line, and then I stand over where the defense is so I can make sure and hear those guys, um, and and I try to make them communicate when we're doing some our walk-through stuff. So he's gotten better at it. He does a better job now. Um, I think he's still at times nervous to make a mistake, but the more times that he can make a mistake but do it vocally where everyone's on the same page as him, I can say, hey, look, it didn't matter. Yes, I probably would have called that an A. You called it an ace, but it still all worked. We still went to the correct linebacker and right. give them some autonomy and, and show them that you're not making a mistake as long as you say something will be okay.
1: Right. And, like, I, we got guys that, you know, some guys, some people play football and they just can't see it. You know, they're out there, mm-hmm. but, you know, you just don't see it. Like, you didn't see that guy stepping right in this gap or you didn't see this guy coming over. Like, some guys <laughs> just don't see it. And, you know, some guys have a feel for it. Like, we we working on a double team and the linebacker comes to the gap they're going to. Some guys just see it and they can just go ahead and peel off you know, grab onto the back. Some guys let the back grow. Like, Coach, I didn't see it. I'm like, well, how you don't see it, but you know, they <laughs> some some guys just don't have it, and that's what that's why you got to work with communication because you're not gonna have two guys next to each other that don't know what's going on. If you got that, then you're just gonna lose. So you got it. Like, if I I got a smart kid, a guy that can see it, with a guy that don't, just let the guy that see it. He's gonna listen to whatever the guy the guy that don't, but I always listen to the guy that see it. So he gonna, it makes a way. It, it, that, it just makes
2: I just think that's something too, that a lot of like the normal, you know, normal football fans don't like understand that aspect of it. You know, like, Hey, how, you know, how can a guy miss that? Or how can a guy mess up? You know, whereas like the offensive line coach, you know, you know, you can't put two, you know, two mutes and, and not football smart guys together, you know? Right. I and mean, a lot of people are like, you know, yeah, we should be drafting this guy. He's, he's an unbelievable athlete. And it's like, well, he's not going to fit in our O-line room or whatever it might be. But I mean, I just think those small intricacies and like understanding. I know, and that's why I love you know listening to guys like you, coach, and, and guys like Coach Harper because you guys are always like, oh, that, that dude would be a perfect right guard, you know, and, it, and maybe it's <laughs> because you know you look at the the physical size, you know, and I say, oh, okay, he's a big mauler, and, and Harper's like, no, no, he'd be perfect because you know he 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 would be able to listen to so and so or he'd be able to, to this, like, oh, I guess I never even thought of that, so I think, I think that, that stuff's fascinating, like, when you're building that offensive line, lineup, you know, h- how well do those guys work together, and how important is it, like, man, I can't put two guys that never talk together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, and I took that from, uh, watching one, because I, like I told you, I don't, I can't drop much, I just buy books, and look on Twitter, Hog football, chat, and, and all of that, oh, that's my favorite down Mondays but, I um, Neely, No doubt. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Neely, uh, one of the old NFL offensive line coaches, was talking about communication on double-team blocks and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, really? And um, one of the guys with the Addicts Gibbs was talking about something like that, too, and all the calls. The NFL had some in the fans' called, I just simplified it, dumbed it down, and I put it in our offense. But, yeah, that's all I did. When I, when I get my offense, I just – I steal. Same way I hit up um, Walsh, and I was like, and I like that play call sheet and we just got to talking, man. I was like, yeah. So, you know, I pull for everybody like Steven Jackson out Hog Football Chat. Me and him talk air raid and you know stuff like that. Dallas Whitaker out of um New Jersey, if you have to think he won a couple state championships, he gave me his playbook and his clinics and all that to help with the air raid. I like Twitter is amazing. I, I I gather so many so many resources and Then we're R four teams. So I pull Doug Maddie's books. And um, um, Coach Vaughn put in the wire, had a, had a book about the wire zone when I got that. And um, the guy that um, does Kansas State right now wrote The Evolution of RPO, and I took that and, ooh, yeah, I it, it helped me. I just – I stole everything I had.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you're right. There's just so much out there that you can learn. There's no reason – like you said, there's really no reason to uh, – to need to have been a football coach or as long as you love football and you want to learn more man there's so much stuff out there and there's some unbelievable coaches out there to learn from and and um my whole time growing up um (laughs) it sounds bad but like i i I was when i was a player and i'd hear coaches talk about going to clinics i always thought like bad of them i was like he's not even smart enough to know what he's doing uh, and then I learned <laughs> when I got to be a coach uh, how important it was to go to clinics and learn from other people. But, um, man, it, it, you want to learn. It, there's no reason not to. And I kind of always also thought uh, that I wouldn't want to share anything with anyone and that no one would want to share anything with me. But uh, you figure out pretty quick there's real no secret sauce. And, and even though you, maybe even you all run the exact same offense, it's a lot of it comes down to obviously some of it is the kids. But also, um, like you say, it comes back to kind of the culture that you hold with the kids. How do you coach the kids? What are the standards that you uh, hold them to? You guys might all have the same offense, but if you're holding them to a high standard and some other uh, school isn't, they're not going to get the same thing out of that book that you got out of it. Right,
1: because, like, I look at Leach at Texas. I mean, when he's at Washington State, his whole Texas Tech playbook is on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. and, and the air raid doesn't – it hasn't changed from when it started. It's all about execution, getting in reps and making sure, you know, just repping because, you know, some people want state championship running five plays <laughs> and just and just highly execute and being minimalist. So, that's, that's something I, I think. Like, some people try too hard to cover what they're doing. Right, we're not going to let anybody do this or – don't tell nobody this. I'm like, it's the same stuff. <laughs> it's the same stuff. <laughs> you you're ran. going to run the same offense you ran last year with a couple of new players. So, <laughs> if you hit the same, history, it's all going to be the same. Man. And if it gets to the end of the day, if we both running, if we both air raid or we both wing T guys, who guys coached up? Who guys are coached up there? I just seen guys come out there to beat Giants and get chopped down. <laughs> and so, it doesn't matter what you got. I feel like it's all about how you coach your kid. Now, I want to say this, now, if, you, if, they, if they got some dudes over there, then you
0: for Yeah, it may, it may not matter anyways. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, the other it, thing, too. It's like if you've got good enough kids, it, it probably doesn't matter if you're running Air Raid or if you're running Wing T, your team's going to be really good.
1: Right. It, it, it doesn't matter when it gets to the point where you got the dudes, but most of the time it's all even. Your quarterback, I mean, your left tackle might be better than my defensive end, or you know, this linebacker might be better better than this running back. But we're pretty much even, and it's our personnel then. So that's why I feel like it, it doesn't matter what you what you actually do, but all you gotta do is just fit it to your team. And that's as big as me as offensive coordinator. I'm just I'm just trying to build a program. But the same thing I run in my high school we're running at the middle school and we, we're just trying to get guys close up. So I want to be a scheme. I want to get, I want to be scheme based. I want to have a program.
2: That, that was going to be my next question. Actually, it's, it's hilarious. You, you mentioned that coach, but it's like, you know, obviously your first year in the, in the mix, you know, you're coaching offensive line. You're probably doing a little bit with some of your, you know, other guys that are working, you know, some of the levels, your developmental levels below. But now when you're, you know, you're the guy in charge of the offense, you know, how has that kind of maybe changed your mentality? And you talked a little bit about it, you know, wanting to to be a program, not just having a collection of plays and everyone else kind of running their hodgepodge. What are some of the, you know, kind of existing values and plays and, and fundamentals and things that you want to kind of instill in that eighth and ninth grade program as they come up through your ranks?
1: Right. So when I, and then I'm, when, when I'm talking there, that'd be like a seventh, eighth, Ninth grade, where well, the seven and eighth graders go to middle school, then our high school is ninth and 12th. But I gave their offense coordinator middle school the whole playbook. He's on huddle, so he gets to see the plays. And I, I just, I took everything. And some people just put the the go to install playbook and put it on there. I made videos breaking down the whole thing right there in front of it once I stole to see how Coach Mackie, whatever the do the, the the air raid guy, Coach McKin- Mackie, Mackey whatever his name is. And um, yeah, Keith, Coach Mackie. yeah, Coach Mackey. Yeah, Coach Mackey. And on YouTube, and I seen he was use Screencast. So I did that, and I did it. I loaded up the Huddle, so I broke it all down. And I said, "Man, you I want to see it? Come, come look at it." And I, I just want everything to be easy. Cause if you run the, if you've been running zone the way I teach it for two years, when you get to high school, your ninth grade year, your tenth grade year, are you gonna be ready to ball? I don't, I don't want to get to the point where, okay, we was running air raid this year. Now we're gonna go to I form, and then we're gonna switch back to wing 2. We got this. Year. No, I, I want a system. I want a system that we can run, and I can call plays regardless. That's why I. That's why I said I wanted. To, we're gonna be zone based. We're gonna be zone because we got. I took from Walsh because Walsh sent me the little um the the miss and me and Walsh sent because um, I said Walsh, you got a lot of plays up there. He's like, nah, they were just concept based zone gap. And man, I'm like cool if can steal that. So we got inside <laughs> zone, outside zone, <laughs> power counter dart. We got inside zone, outside zone, power counter dart. And I think I got another one in there. Um, ISO. It's, it's like ISO. So I took everything. I took what Walsh had gave me and put it into my spread. And that's why like I got told you, I, I steal a lot. So I, I take that and I give it to the middle school and I tell them, "Man, like, you take about three of these runs, and you take about three or three quick game and three D game. You got nine plays and rip them to sleep." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so this. That's what I. That's what I. And put in there because when I got it, I didn't get. The, when I got the job, I didn't want to sit around and mess around and you know go with the flow. It's whatever. I'm the young guy. If I mess up, it's okay. No, I want to win. I, I want to win, and I don't. I don't want to win and then let that be. Because I'm from that high school, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have low expectations or it's up and down. When the team's going good, the whole community's there. They're packing it out. We lose two games. Thought I won two. There's nobody but the moms and the bands and the stand. <laughs> that, 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 that's how it is And I, I, I just want to build I want to build a program And some people I, What I noticed with Talked to a lot of my other friends That played football Like, man and some guys that Just coaching Just coaching And I'm like, man No, I want to win I want to win I want to be in a program And I went to this high school I want to bring it home I, I want to win a state championship here Because after my first year Some other, some other guys So noticed that I was coaching And for guy that told me I couldn't coach at the beginning They were like you know, we got this position here and here. We'd love for you to come down. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I want to win it for my home team. I want to win it for the home team. The guys that gave me a shot. All right.
2: Well, so I was just going to ask you, Coach Harper, I mean, you know, he's in a similar situation. You know, you go back to your hometown school, I mean, where you grew up, where you played. You know, what what is it like to kind of coach there? I mean, is there a little bit of added pressure or – is it like you know what? It's not really pressure. It's just pride, you know, in in belief in in what the heck that I've grown up around and I love.
1: No, it's it's different at I, where I'm from because, like I told you, I did I've never played. So you know, you got the the sideline hecklers over there. That you come out there. Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Who's that out there doing that? Who's the old line Go, Look at those. <laughs> <guys.">
2: <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ! <laughs> so, so that that's a big thing. Then they know. Hey, hey, Nixon. Hey, Nixon. He's like, oh, Lord, don't, don't turn around. Don't turn around. Don't that. And, and that's, that's the only difference. Like, I'm from there, so they know me. They, mm-hmm. they take it personally. They know my family. If things go wrong, you know how I get social media and, and everything. Well, Facebook, I ain't say social media. Old people on Facebook, so you go ahead. And, um, they get on Facebook and they talk smack and everything. And it's like, that's the only thing I know about going to my hometown, but I get to hang around the kids, and I can relate so much, cause I'm from Tunica, was once the poorest place in America before the casinos came. And um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so when we when we got it, I, I know what those kids go through. I know how it is in those neighborhoods. I know how it is to go through the school in there, cause I graduated from there. So this must make it relatable, and it means a lot to see kids go to the next level, or even just graduate from there as a senior on the football team or whatever. It, it means a lot the C key is coming from your hometown. See, that's what I can say is a, is a thing I like.
0: Well, coach, what are, what are some, you know, you kind of touched on it before um, how important it is to get uh, JV guy guys reps, right? Cause like you said, you lost three or four. I think you said, I, I lost four offense you know, three offensive linemen this year, uh, and, and trying to rebuild as well. Um, and, and I've got some good ones, but, and I think we've gotten pretty decent reps in in practice before because we we've tried to make that a uh, uh, important, but during the season it's all i mean it's hard not uh, you know to to get heavy into them with scheme and different things when you're trying to uh, get so much out of your varsity guys you know and so they might get some some good reps your your younger guys, but sometimes they get put on the back burner a little bit. What are some things that that you're trying to do now as a coordinator? Uh, to make sure those guys are getting everything they need, even if they're not the, the number one guy. Right.
1: Because, like, last year we had – we was a playoff caliber team. You know what I'm saying? So, when you got a playoff caliber team, you, you're a lot of top-heavy varsity guys.
0: That's right. And, and and you want to make sure they do well because it's, a, it's an important year. You got a chance to really do something that year.
1: Right. We went to the second round of the playoffs this year, and that was, that was big for us. But you know, if I had all those varsity kids and I was harping on them that was a mistake of mine. And I was harping on them, I got them right and I had my varsity guys ready to go. Like I said, we barely gave up sacks, we get yards. But then I looked and four of those guys crossed the line leave and I looked back and I'm like, I mean, I neglected y'all. Mm-hmm. So I came in this year and the biggest thing I noticed with the guys that I had, well they were they we weren't physically strong. Cause they would sit back and watch the other old linemen rip it, rip it in the weight room, like putting ton of weight up there and just killing it. Never, I was like, then they get up there and they lift on the end bar, lift 165, and it's like, ooh, we we gotta get, we gotta get better. So I started when the, as soon as that season ended, I knew I was gonna have all those young guys. I just harped on them, I put them under my wing, and you know, I just had them and they love me. So this, because I like I said, it it starts with your culture first. Cause mm-hmm. if you get guys ready to go to go run through a brick wall or go let's run power six seven times in a row, are ah, we we good then. But it's like when you even if you're not physically strong, at least you can do the right thing. At least you can want to do it. Now if you get a couple games and you've seen that you've pancaked a, a linebacker a couple times or you know what I'm saying, now you want to hit the weight room hard. That, that's when that's when I I, I like things change. Getting kids ready to go because a lot of kids don't want to play football nowadays.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's huge. I mean, you, you hit on a couple things. I mean, one, you know, giving them that attention in the weight room, because you know, I think that that's that's just huge for, for any kid's confidence, you know, especially some of those younger kids when all of a sudden, you know, we, we pulled all of our freshmen up and they actually lifted with us in the summer. So, you know, kind of being able to see that example. And then not only that, I mean, they the our crew last year as freshmen had, had kind of a rough eighth grade year. Well, then they went like nine and one, you know, as, as a freshman crew. And, and, you know, they, a lot of it was kind of attributed to, Hey man, we, we lifted together, we got strong and, and they felt confident. And I think then that, that other aspect of it too, is, is, you know, not feeling neglected and having kind of that, that good experience because it's so hard to overcome when when a kid's, you know, a seventh or an eighth grader and, and it's unfortunate. I've, I've had conversations with a few of those kids and it's like, man, you know, coach, I just didn't have a lot of fun. You know, I, I didn't, get to play, I didn't get to play very much. Or, you know, I, I was a receiver and we never threw the ball, you know, or whatever it might be. And again, you're like, well, Hey kid, you know, it's, it's still about the team, but at the same time, when you're, you're younger and they have a lot of options and maybe he's good in track, or maybe he's good in, in basketball, you, you still kind of have to, you know, take care of the kid and, and make sure that, that the experience is good. And it leaves a good taste in his mouth. Right. And
1: that, that, I, I took that approach to almost every position. Cause I, I got my John Gordon books in front of me. Like, positive leadership and everything else. Yeah, so I, I just started being more positive. I seen the old Nick Saban thing where you talk about count how many negative things you say and how many positive things you say and watch the difference in the players that you talk to. So I was like telling my quarterback and stuff like, hey man, you ran the wrong like, hey, just to walk to him and say, you know, you're supposed to be ran this route on this. It's different to like, hey man, you ran the wrong route. So it's it's all how you how you talk to people, how you approach the game. Then I take the upper and I put them to the test and I'm like you need to go talk to this freshman, and you need to go talk to this because They will never talk to the upper class because they so fearful of them. And I'll that's how it be. So they're so fearful of the upper class. I'm like, go talk to them. Tell them we gonna get better. Go work out with them. Go go do some weights. You know what I'm saying? Something like that, or help them out. So that those little things help because once you get guys to stick out there and play football, because you know some of they say the old say that the best athletes be in the hallways, so not on the not on the field. So. If I can get those guys up the hallways and get them to the field, it it, it makes everything a lot better because you can do good when you get
2: them. I agree, man. I just I think it's it's so key, especially this this day and age, man. Those kids love to to hear from their varsity coach. So one of the things we kind of did this year was was you know get the old roster of the eighth and ninth graders, and uh, and and me as a coach, I, I wrote every one of those kids a note and just kind of, you know, thanking them and, and saying, I can't wait to get you guys in the program. And it's, I'm excited to work with you guys this summer, all those things. And, and it's amazing how, you know, you run into some of those kids and some of their parents around town. You know, I'll be standing in line at, at, the, at the grocery store, at the, you know, the, the gas station, and some mom just kind of bumps me and says, hey, are you Coach Walza? yeah. Like, I still have the, the letter, the note that you wrote my son, you know, three months ago up on the fridge. That was a really cool thing. I mean, it's just simple, easy things like that that all of a sudden now that kid has kind of a bond with you, and he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm looking forward to working with you, coach. Just easy stuff, you know? Right. Because like,
1: when, I, when I first got the O-line coach job in June of last year, so when I got it, the first thing I did with my kids, I said, you know what, I need a letter. I need your name on it. I mean, I need a piece of paper. I need you to tell me who you are and what you want to do in life. That's the first thing I asked my guys for, as an old line coach. And I kept it, and I still got them in my room to this day. And I know what all of them want to do in life. And it helped me a lot because one kid came back and said, you know what, coach, I want to be a coach. <laughs> and I'm like, that means a lot to say you want to be a coach because I had this same dream when I, was in, you know, when I was in high school and people told me that I couldn't do it. So that's one thing that I, I, I try to harp on. I try to stay in my mind is, I never tell a kid that they can't do something because I know what happened when they told that to me, and I put my head down until I finally recaptured it and said, you know what, I'm really going to do it, and I'm going to be the best offense coordinator. I'm going to be the best head coach that, that ever was in the state of Mississippi.
0: Coach, is it, uh, you know, uh, as you were, like you said, not a football guy. You weren't playing football when you were uh, going up through the ranks. Do you do you happen to uh, kind of uh, give a little bit more of a liking to the – uh the managers that come through your program and and give them a little bit more talk because i think probably as as all coaches at high school or college level um if you're not maybe in charge of of the managers they're not someone that you really uh go out of your way and really talk to and get to get to know and get to meet but uh since that's kind of was your starting off point your jumping off point are those uh are those people that you you try to go and and pick their brains and and maybe have a little bit more of a um, an understanding for the the managers that are on your team, right?
1: And um, like when I was coming through, Coach Norwood, um, he put me on his. You know, he treated me like I was a player. He got on to me when the team, whole team, got in trouble. He made me run with the team. I'm, I'm just a water <laughs> but I, I had to literally run with the team, like no conditioning before, nothing. That I had to run with the team and different things like that. Like and when I went to college, Coach cooler I was doing bad in algebra at the time. I still graduated like a 3.8 or whatever. But I was doing bad in algebra my freshman year because I'm just getting in college. It's a different world then. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm doing bad in algebra. And Coach Pooley calls me to the he's like, I need you to go to study hall. I'm like, he's looking at my grades. He's like, yeah. Like, we care about you. You part of the team. So <laughs> when, I, when I get my kids, when I see the manager that we have now at our school, I went up to him the first time he said that he was the – when our head coach said, well, yeah, he's going to be our manager. I went up told him and said, well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, and I love you, man. We, I love everything you got going, man. I hope you stay around and everything, cause when I first started, man, they sprayed water in my face, they pushed me, it was everything, and I stayed. I, I, I just stayed. I stayed and I stayed through it, and I, I don't regret a minute of it.
2: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Coach, uh, I want to get in, I guess, to, your, to a little bit of your, your offense, you know, uh, how you kind of, you, you've talked a little bit about, you know, your influences and things that you've kind of picked and matched, but, but you still kind of have to, you know, put it into, a, a, you know, a working, working language, a working knowledge, you know, compartments, families, however you want to do it. Um, you still have to kind of put it into your own, so you know what it is, you know how to call it, and you, you know how to fix it you know so uh, i kind of want to hear a little bit about how you kind of you know maybe decided you wanted to set it up maybe how how simple you wanted to make it uh so, some of those things about you know putting together an offense cuz i think that's always kind of one of the cooler things to do especially when you're a, a young coach
1: right so when me i took everything that i had uh, well not everything but i took most of the the fundamentals from what we had last year and we were a spread team last year or whatever but it didn't – it wasn't an identity. We had plays, but I would to say we had, you know, a scheme. Like some some people have like air raid, but you just got – we just had mesh. But there wasn't air raid because we didn't run any of the concepts and it wasn't simplified, if you understand what I'm saying. So, when I had – when yeah. I got it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. So, I come in and I put six dropbacks. I mean, six quick games, six dropbacks, six runs, four screens. I said, that's what we got. That's what we got. We're gonna rip the piss out of it. So that's that's the end. That's my, was my thinking of. It. And like I said, I came in earlier and I, had, I was trying to do concept base and everything. And then I then my first my first time calling play, It was a spring. It was the spring game. A couple <laughs> in, in May. I scored. I called a play and I scored six points. I scored six. when we lost the game fourteen to six. And I told myself, and I was telling the quarterback and I was like we'll never score six points again because I, like, I feel like it was more on me than I know The when the quarterback missed a throw, when the lineman didn't pull and everything. I took that all under, to me, because if I'm the offensive coordinator and our guys don't know what to do, I say it's my fault. So I said, you know what, let me simplify. Our guys aren't picking up on the way that I think, because if I'm smart, I can't imagine my team to be as smart as me. I got to teach these kids like they 14 to 18-year-olds, if you get what I'm saying.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: – when I when I did I said, you know, I'm simplified. If it's called stick, it's stick. If it's mesh, it's mesh. It is what it is. So there's no, you know, changing it around or whatever in our run game. We we do animals and, and things like that, like dog, tiger, you know, gorilla. And we, we, we do all that for our different run games, so that's power really is power. So, you know, you beating on your chest, that's you know, strong. So we, we do different things like that and I just try to make it fun for the kids. The kids came up with the signals and Cause I had came over the was so like, why you got that? I'm like, y'all ain't never seen that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I, I think I was, re, I was, um, listening to, um, Run the Power when y'all was talking to the other guy from MRA. He was like, he took the thing from, um, the airplane show. Whatever, whatever, whatever said that, um, Coach Walsh likes or uh, Coach Harper likes. It was the little airplane move, and he took it. So
2: Top Gun baby. Yeah, Top Gun. Yeah, there it
1: is. <laughs> they were talking about that, like, you never seen Top Gun, so go watch it and stuff like that. <laughs> and I was, was yeah. So I had came up with a lot of signs and stuff and, and I was like a big I'm a big Game of Thrones guy and I had camp up and I'm like, What you doing, coach? I'm like, Man, y'all ain't never seen Game of
2: Thrones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the kids when knowing this, I'm like, you know what? I'm going go ahead, let them pick it, and they picked a lot of crazy let." dance moves and stuff like that. I'm like, if that's what y'all want to call, it, let's, if that's the signal y'all want for, it, cool. I'm just going to call it so I can remember. So when they gave me the signals, I'm up there dancing. I'm looking like crazy, <laughs> like I'm 15 <laughs> again, danced on the sideline. But as long <laughs> as they can remember it, man, that's why I say I keep something. Get the kids involved. Don't take, that's another, that's what I can say. Don't take everything under your wing and put so much mm-hmm. stress on yourself. Get the kids involved. Get the other coaching staff members involved. Let let people feed into that. Don't hide. Don't keep it all to yourself and be like, well, this is my offense or this is my defense and this is how I'm going to run it. No, let people in. Let people give their suggestions. And, you know, take heed to it. Put it in if you want to. Don't put it in. But at least listen to people and take in their ideas and get take a couple to put them in there to show that, you, that you're that really listening to them. That's what I can say. Don't don't hold your offense or your defense hostage. That's what I can say. <laughs>
2: Dude, it's, it's hilarious. If you're sitting in a staff meeting and you're, you're trying to think of like a signal or a name for something, you know, and everyone's like, I mean, just racking stuff. It's, it's so simple. It's like, dude, dude, literally you pull out your phone and you text the kids. The kids figure it out in 30 seconds. Right. I'm
1: trying to figure out all the different lit signs I can use for this, and I'm making it complicated for myself, what means for me. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, this gonna, the kids gonna remember this, and then I get out there, what coach? So I'm like, you know what, y'all pick it out, y'all do it, <laughs> and I'm gonna just call it the way y'all know it. Because if the kids do it, then it's easy for them to remember. So that, that's what I take from. It.
2: Yeah, that's my favorite part. Like with the the receivers and stuff, is you'll you'll just be running like like routes, you know, in the off season or whatever, and you'll be kind of messing with some things. It's like, hey, what, what do you guys want to call this? And they got it like instantly. I mean, like, in line, the five guys, they'll, like, they'll almost say, like, the exact same thing. And it's like, well, how would we signal that? And then, like, they'll kind of mess around with each other. And then one of them will, one of them will get it and they're like, oh, yeah, that's it. And they got it. But, I mean, you you literally don't have to do anything. You just kind right. of – all you, all you have to do is ask the question, you know? Right. They, like, figured, um, they figure that stuff out instantly. Right. You got old coaches sitting in a room, like, for 30 minutes – complaining about how the hell are we going to call this or what do you want to call It's Like, dude, the answer's right there. Ask the kids.
1: Yeah, ask the kids. Because we had um, our wide-cross route, and it's got to go under the Sam and over the mic all the way to the other side of the field. I'm like, what is this route called? They're like, it's just a crazy route. Whatever it is, it's crazy. So that's what they call it. It's the crazy route. So if I, you know, we call it crazy, they know to go under the Sam and over the mic to the other side of the field if he blitzed. It just, it made it easy because it was complicated when I was teaching it to him. But once we just called it the crazy route, go run the crazy route, it was ten times easy and it looked a hundred times better. You <laughs> might sound crazy when you say it at a clinic, but <laughs> it'll be better when you run it on the field.
2: Yeah,
0: it's that's exactly matter. right. And that's, that's the only thing that matters, right? It, it, there'll, there'll be a lot of things we can do that looks, looks and sounds really cool at clinics, but um, our kids don't, uh, don't, don't even use it or uh, they don't respond to it. So, what, you know, why are we doing that?
2: Right. That's funny, man. I mean, it literally goes back to that that concept of clarity. When it when there's when there is clarity for the kids, because they're like confused, man. This is all crazy. What are all these steps I got to do? And as soon as you you just formulate it, like, dude, it's it's the crazy route. Oh, boom, cool, I got it, coach. There's there's instantly just clarity there. You know, it's the same same thing in the classroom. Like, you know, coach, what's going to be on the test? Well, I'm not going to tell you what's going to be on the test. You you have to figure that out. Like, well, why? You know. As soon as you tell them, hey, here's the things you're going to be tested on, boom, boom, boom. Oh, it's amazing. They learned it. Holy cow.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like cause when I tell I don't know what they call scaffolding or whatever they call it in the teaching world or whatever. It's like I got to teach prerequisite skills to get to the end point. And yeah. Like, a lot of people be like, well, we're going to teach all these techniques and all that. I'm like, you don't have to teach these kids a thousand techniques. Teach them whatever technique they're going to use in the game. So <laughs> – so don't don't we're we're not do not we are not going to go over hundred whatever fit our scheme, those techniques that you teach. Now if they leave and go to college or they transfer or whatever and that team uses a different scheme, they'll teach it to them there. We're gonna teach scheme specific I mean we're gonna teach techniques specific to our scheme. So yep, that's, that's exactly that's
0: exactly right. <laughs> Well, Coach, kind of coming up on an hour now, but uh, the last thing I always like to ask people is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach?
1: Um, like, i like, I talked about it earlier. I think I must might have skipped, I don't know, what, but, but it's, it's the culture and how those guys act towards each other. Like, if they going up there and they're having fun, they're flying. I know I seen we used to rub our stomachs in the middle of the game, like, you when you got guys that are had out there having fun, I just feel like that speaks to the old line coach. Because the old line coach gotta be fun. It's about all what you they're gonna do what the coach allows them to do. So if you they got high chemistry and they're firing out the ball every play and then you get to the fourth quarter and they still firing off the ball, oh man, that's a dangerous group. That that's a dangerous group. And once you see that that group has chemistry and they're, they're together, I don't care about finishing, all that driving and all that. If we Y'all got chemistry. Do y'all love each other? Do you love the man beside each other? Are we going to push this guy, double-team him all the way back up to where the bus is at? Yeah. Then that's the group I want. That's the group I love to see.
2: Coach, man, I love it. You know, you, you got a, a passion for football. I think your, your story's phenomenal. And, you know, I'm I'm excited to see, uh you know, your growth as, as a play caller, you know, knowing there's going to be some ups and downs and some bumps in the road. But, you know, I think you got a, a great attitude about it. And I think a, a lot of people, you know, can really relate to, to, you know, your story, you know, having to, to coach at, at a young age and, and having that passion for it. So, I, you know, I appreciate you coming on, uh, you know, run the power and being a little bit vulnerable and sharing some of those things with us, man. It was a blast.
1: Right. And I, I thank you guys. And um, like you had told me there was going to bounce through. Like you guys, like you that are in my ear that's telling me it's going to be all right. That's cool. And, I'm, and for any older coach or any young guy on the podcast, listen to the podcast. I just want to tell you, keep following your dream. Keep following your dreams and don't be a dream killer. And always let kids know they can do whatever they want to do, no matter where they come from or how they got to that point. just, Just always give them hope because some people feed off hope. But I appreciate you
0: guys.